word today. All right. We're continuing or completing our Fresh Start series. This is our fourth week, and it's been a, it's been a great series. I'm excited about it, and it's something I think uh, that I'd like to see us do every year, just really talking about a brand-new start with the Lord. And uh, we've just come off of our 21 days of devotion, and we had all-in worship night this past Sunday that was strong. What you felt a moment ago in the worship, that's a carryover from this Sunday night. If you were not here, y'all, when we say all in, y'all need to be here. It was amazing. The largest crowd we've ever had at an all in night, and the worship was just beautiful. So I feel like we're coming off of 21 days of devotion. We've been praying, we've been fasting, we're in the word. Uh, we had our all in worship night, and so I believe today is just a great closeout to this Fresh Start series. Uh, For the past three weeks, we've been reading from one of my favorite passages, Isaiah 43 and 18. It's one of those passages that you literally could preach on for weeks at a time or a month because it's just, or months at a time because it's just so rich. We focused on verse number 18 for the past couple of weeks. Do not remember the former things, nor consider the things of old. And we talked about the fact that before you can step into new life, you got to get rid of the old. And those of you that follow me on social media, this week I've been, I've been posting some of those quotes from the past sermons. Like, you, you can't build something new with old blueprints. Uh, you can't walk in the new if you're living in the old. Some of those things like that. We've been talking about, got to lay that stuff down, got to lay it down before you can move into new. So I think we've covered that. So today, I want to talk about what does the new look like, all right? How many want to know what that looks like? All right, we're done with the old. Now let's move on to the new. And here's what he says in verse number 19. Behold, I will do a new thing and it shall spring forth. Shall you not know it? One translation says, I've already started it. Don't you see it? I will even make a road in the wilderness and rivers in the desert. Everybody say road in the wilderness and rivers in the desert. So if you want to know what anything new with God looks like, It's always going to have these two things. It's going to have roads and it's going to have rivers. So if you're taking notes, write that down. We even have you some right there hanging on your chair in front of you, message notes. You can put that on there. You're going to want to take some notes today because really this is about a two or three week uh, series that we're doing. And we're just, you're going to be like drinking from a fire hose today, okay? So we're going really fast. So write that down. Anything new with God is going to have roads and it's going to have rivers, So I want to first talk about the first thing that he says. I'm doing a new thing, and the first thing I'm going to do, I'm going to build a road into the wilderness. Everybody say it with me. A road into the wilderness. Now I have four questions about a road to the wilderness. And I want you to write this one down. The first question is, huh? Just write that down. Huh? H-U-H, or if you're from the South, be a H-U-N-G-H or something like that. Just put about four syllables in it. Huh? Huh? What? Because a road to the wilderness makes absolutely no sense. Who builds a road to the middle of nowhere? I remember years ago, I was flying into Salt Lake City for a conference. And it was years and years ago. That was before cell phones and you know, laptop computers and all that stuff. And so flights were just, just for a person like me that's got ADDDDDDDD, you know, it was, it was like, it was terrible. It was like purgatory, okay? Just like, I don't even, just losing my mind. 
So I'd have to create things that I could do besides reading. Come on, I mean, who wants to read on a flight? Uh, I had to create games in my mind. And so one of those things I would do is I would look out the window if it was a clear day and I would just play games in my mind, you know, figure out stuff. So it happens that as you're flying into Salt Lake City, there's some mountains and then some deserts and then some mountains and deserts and deserts and mountains and it's just nothing out there. Well, we got into a place where it was just desert. There was nothing, no vegetation, just nothing. And so I, I got really bored at that moment. And so I started looking for any, any sign of habitation. Is there just people somewhere? And all of a sudden, there was this little cluster of houses. It was like a, a little bitty town. And then there was a road that led out of that town. And I thought, all right, here's what I'm going to do. I'm going to follow that road, and I'm going to time it and see how long that road goes to and where it goes. Y'all, we flew for 20 minutes, and that's a long way. In a, in a plane, you know what I mean? That's a long road. And I'm watching that road, and then all of a sudden, it just stopped. Like, there was no town. There was no river. It just stopped. And I thought to myself, who was the guy that one day said, hey, y'all, let's build a road. <laughs> all right, you want to build a road? Yeah, man, let's build a road. Where are we going? That way. What's out there? Nothing. <laughs> Who builds a road to nowhere. Who builds a road to the desert? You and I do everything we can to avoid the dry times. We do everything we can to avoid the fruitless times. But the scripture says, God says, I want to do something new. And the first thing it's going to be a road to the wilderness. How many of you ever felt like you got onto building that road before? Yeah, the Lord says, hey, come on, let's do something new. Oh, yeah, let's do something new. I'm ready. New day, fresh start. Hallelujah. Let's go organs and banjos and trumpets and all the stuff. Yeah, let's go marching band. We're building something new. And all of a sudden, it starts getting brown and dusty, and everybody starts leaving, and it's just you. Am I talking to anybody right now? And you start questioning your identity, your calling, you start questioning the church. You start questioning God. All because when we say God's going to do something new, we see green, you know? We see flourishing. But when God says, I'm going to do something new, the first part of it is, I'm going to build a road to the middle of nowhere. I want you to write this down. I want to give you what I believe the road to the wilderness represents. The road to the wilderness represents things that seem to give you no immediate return on your investment. The road to the wilderness represents the things in your life that give you no immediate return on your investment. When God says, I want you to do something with me and something strong and something great, we automatically are believing for the rewards, not understanding that God asks us to believe in the unseen before we can see anything. He told Thomas, he said, blessed are you because you have seen and believed, but blessed even more are those that have never seen and yet they have believed. It's what, it's what April said. Faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. A road to the wilderness that God is wanting to do means this. He's going to ask you and I to build something that shows us no immediate return back on our investment. I remember when our youth group was Evan. 
I remember that. Evan is, we're glad Evan's home today from college. Evan, I remember when Evan was our youth group. That was it. One, just one youth, really. For, like, we were a youth group, all right? <laughs> and I remember three years ago, I was walking down my stairs, and Chris and I had been praying, God, you've you got to send us a youth pastor. We need a youth pastor. We've got to raise up this youth group. Because we're a young church. You had tons of babies and kids, but there were no youth. And I remember walking down the stairs of our house, and I felt the Holy Spirit say, well, you, you have the youth, and you are the pastor, so why don't you be the youth pastor? So I went back upstairs. All right, Kristen, we're going to have, start having a youth group at our house. And we opened it up. And I remember watching some of these young men come to our house every other Wednesday night. And many times it felt like I was just building a road to the wilderness. Like, just what am I doing? I, don't even, I, I was scared to death. Like, I'll stand up at Bridgestone Arena and speak to 20,000 people. Right now, I would do it. Would not bother me one bit. But every Wednesday night, walking down those stairs to meet those boys, I was scared to death. Because it ain't my gifting. I, I didn't know what to say to him. I didn't know what. But it just kept on, and I kept on, and I kept on. And now I look at these young men that are sitting here. I see many of their families that are sitting here. But there was no immediate return on the investment. What is it that God is calling you to do right now? That you look at it, and you go, what, why would I ever do that? That's not going to bring anything back to me. See, that's what God's trying to get rid of in our life. What does it do for me? That's why James said this. He said, if you want to know what pure and undefiled religion is, now I don't, I don't want religion, but if I got to have religion, that's the one I want, right? The pure and undefiled. He said, this is it. Take care of the widows and the orphans. Why would that be the undefiled and pure religion? Because that represents a demographic that will never pay you back. The widow has no more source of income the orphans, are don't, they, they're not ever going to pay you back what you sow into them. But that is what God is wanting to do in your life. As God is saying, I want to give you a fresh start. I want to do something new. Instead of looking for the fertile fields, it may be that you should turn your eyes and look for the dusty path that is right in front of you. Y'all, I am not a good preacher, but that was a good word right there. That right there. I read it. I read a couple days ago during our one-year Bible where, where Abraham and Lot, Abraham said, Lot, pick which part you want. And what did Lot pick? He picked the fertile, I want the fertile ground. And Abraham said, well, I'll take the desert. Could it be that we're looking for the fertile, fruitful ground and God is saying, I've given you a desert that's right here. This is where I want to build the road toward. Let me just say something to you. Real miracles happen when we invest in something that we get no return on. That's where the real miracles happen. When you're investing in somebody that's not your child. When you're investing in a school that's not your school. When you're investing in a community that's not going to come back and bless you automatically. When you invest in that person that you like the least. That's where the real miracles begin to happen. When you begin to serve someone else's vision. I think about these men that come here, and there's some women too, but mainly these guys that get here at 6 o'clock in the morning, and they set all this up. Y'all know that there's not like a, there's no inflatable church thing. Y'all know that, right? They don't get here and just go, and all this just pops up, right? Do you understand that during the week, this is a senior citizens community center, and these guys come in and transform it into the hills, and they're here at 6 o'clock, and they don't leave many of them until 2 o'clock. They're here, faithful, strong. I think about the people that are in the back loving on your babies right now, wiping their rear ends so you don't have to, all right? 
teaching them the word of God. What is that? That's an investment. You're pouring into something where you're not going to get an immediate return on your investment. Let me ask you, I'm going to ask me, what am I sowing into right now that doesn't automatically give me gratification? That's the road to the wilderness. And that's the new thing that God is wanting to do. I'm believing that God is going to raise up such a serve culture in the hills. Come on, y'all. I'm believing God. We're in a city that's all about me. Nashville, it's me, it's me. I'm coming here to make myself famous and make myself grow my business. I'm gonna, I'm gonna do this. I've got, I'm gonna go to a great school. I'm gonna go. What if God would raise up a generation of young people and parents and young adults and older adults that would say, I wanna have a heart of serving that I don't think about me, first of all. I believe that's what God's wanting to do. I believe God is wanting to raise that up. So first of all, huh? All right, we're going to build a road to the wilderness, huh? Number two, who? Look at your neighbor, all right? And just say that, ask him that question, say who? Come on, some of you didn't look at your neighbor. Look up and say who? Now I want you to answer him back and point at him and say you. I want to bring up one of my other favorite passages of scripture. We're in Isaiah 43. We're going to rewind Isaiah 40. Bring that up on the screen. From the New King James, listen to this. It says this. The voice of one crying in the wilderness, prepare the way of the Lord. Make straight in the desert a highway for our God. Remember, what's the first thing that God says he's going to do in the new thing? He's going to build a road to the wilderness, right? All right, now look at this. I need all you English majors to help me out. There's something here that's a subject of it. What's the subject of this? Can somebody tell me? It's an understood what? Come on, y'all. Say, an understood you. So in other words, what this scripture is saying, the voice of one crying in the wilderness, you prepare the way of the Lord. Huh? Who? The who is you. We're waiting on God to do the work. And God is waiting on us to pick up a shovel. The voice of one crying in the wilderness, you prepare. The King James actually says it, but it says ye, all right? Ye prepare the way of the Lord. Now, y'all know around here, we love the Greek and the Hebrew. I'm going to give this to you. You know what ye stands for? You. Come on. So that's, look, look, that's deep right there, ain't it? You. It means you. You prepare the way of Lord, it is our responsibility to prepare the way for God's glory to show up. It's always been that way. Elijah before Elisha, John the Baptist before Jesus, you and I before God can do everything that he wants to do. Listen to me, ladies and gentlemen. We're waiting on God to do a, a, a miraculous supernatural work and God is waiting on us to get our hands dirty. God is waiting on us to get up off of our knees and off of our rear ends and quit praying for him to do it and then sitting down. Pray for him to help us do what he's called us to do. That's why we're called co-laborers with him. My, one of my mentors used to say this, the work of God is work. The work of God is work. And he involves us in that. And I think we all love that. Oh, God involves us in his work until it means we get some blisters on our hands. Until it means we've got to put the gloves on. What are you doing to help him build the road? What are we doing to help build the road to the wilderness? Huh? Who? 
How? Number three, how? Isaiah 40 and four. And here's how it is. And I want you to leave the scripture up for me, okay? As I go through these next four points. Every valley shall be exalted. There's one. Every mountain and hill brought low. The crooked places shall be made straight and the rough places made smooth. Remember what we're talking about. We're talking about the new thing that God's going to do. And the first thing is a road to the wilderness. Huh? Who? How? Right? Are y'all still with me? All right, making sure the fire fire hose isn't coming too fast. All right, we're all together. This is, where, this is where we start talking about how it's going to happen. So first of all, every valley is exalted. It's raised up. So when I think about this, I think about insecurity. I think about fear. I think about depression. I think about living a life less than the one that Jesus Christ died for you to live. You know, the enemy's ultimate goal is to destroy you, right? You know that, right? He wants to sift you as wheat. He wants to grind you up. He wants to steal, kill, and destroy until he can blow you away and there's nothing left. But you know where he starts in that path? He starts by making you think that how you're living is okay. He starts by saying, this is good. Just right here. This is good. Just be here. And if he can keep us living below the level of the abundant life that Jesus Christ died for us, what's going to happen? We're going to get more depressed and more into sin and more into addiction, and we just keep going deeper and deeper and deeper until finally we destroy ourselves and we save him the work. So that's why we believe we have a mandate on us as a church to say Jesus Christ did not die just to get you out of hell and into heaven. Jesus Christ died for you to live an overcoming, abundant, eternal life. All right? That's why I want every Sunday when you leave here that your spirit is lifted. I, I want you to feel like, man, okay, we can go do this. That's why we're a, we're a church of encouragement and a, a church of joy. I know one thing, I've gone to churches that when I left, I felt like the preacher's feet were right here, right? That the weight of the world was on my back. Come on, can I get an amen from somebody? We are in the lifting up business. He said, every valley has got to be exalted. That means those of you that feel like you have sinned, that you've been so beat down and life has got you down. The great thing is that at the foot of the cross, all the ground is level. That he reaches down and he begins to pick up. That's our job. We're in the lifting up business. The down and out. Those that don't have a choice. Those that don't have a chance. The poor the hungry, the hurting, the lonely, the left out. Come on, let me, let me put my feet on your, on your head for just a minute, okay? Remember I talked about that just a moment? Let me put a little weight on you right now, okay? As a church, we're very comfortable. Things are going great for us. And it's easy for us to say, I want nothing to do with building a road to the middle of nowhere. And the main reason is because it's gonna mean that you and I are gonna have to help lift people up that can't pick themselves up. I stood uh, this past week um, and I prayed before the House of Representatives. And as I looked there and I saw an aisle and I just saw division. And I began to think, and as they began to do their business, y'all, it was just like a melee. Just all this stuff. I was like, oh my Lord, this is a mess. And I thought to myself, you got everybody in the same room. You know, that's how the day of Pentecost started, right? 
That's how the church was born. Just get them in the same room, all right? And then let's start working this out. And I began to think to myself, what if God could begin to do something great? And I felt like the Holy Spirit said, it ain't their job. This is the church's job. We're in a time in our country that there's people on both sides thinking, oh, this is great. Oh, this is terrible. I'm going to tell you what. Here's what I feel like. I ain't about the nation at this point. I'm about the kingdom of God. All right? I'm about the kingdom of God. It is not the government's job to take care of the poor. Right? It's the church's job to take care of the poor. Didn't see that one coming, did you? It's not the government's job to take care of the sick to take care of the lonely, to take care of the hurting. It's our job. The reason the government has to do it is because we're not. All right, enough heavy. Why do we pray for a building? I don't want a building so we can have better lights and better sound and that we can just have our building on Sunday. I want a building so we can stockpile clothes and we can have food there and we can minister to the people in our community, raising up the hurting. Now look, don't automatically go to the homeless when I say that because you've got a rich neighbor living beside you that's just as hurting as that homeless person is. Oh man, I feel my preach coming on today. Help me, Jesus. Come on, is anybody getting this besides me? Or is this, are, you just, are you good? Hey, because if this is what we're going to do, I'm out. I'm going to tell you right now. If this is what we're going to do, I'm out. Find you another pastor. Find you another church because we're not going to do it. God has called us to raise up. God has called us to move out. God has called us to take our feet and put them into the desert place because that's where God wants to show up. Oh, okay. It's blame it on the infection, okay? Just blame it on... Thank you, Lord. Come on, help us, Jesus. Help us, Lord. We're so spoiled. We're so spoiled. <sighs> Every hill will be made low. So not just raising things up, but we got to bring some things down. Our pride, our self-interest, our selfishness, our greediness. We got to pull it down. This is not about me. This is not about you. This is about him and them. That's all that matters is building a road to the wilderness so that we can get him and them together. That's what it's about. No man-made empires. I get so tired of hearing people say, that's a self-made person. I don't want anything to do with them. I don't want anything to do with a self-made person because if they made themselves, they can destroy themselves. Got to keep the hustle. Got to keep the grind. No days off. That's a terrible way to live life. There's no Sabbath in your life. There's no reverence to God. Up early, late, driving. What that does, it ruins your family. It ruins your health. There's got to be a time in your life that you say, my work is not enough. My energy is not enough. My brains are not enough. My talent is not enough. I have to rely on Jesus Christ. I'm going to lay. So if you want your name attached to it, if you, if, you want, if you want your place attached to it, your song attached to it, your idea attached to it, it's probably not going to work. And that's why the scripture says in 2 Corinthians 10, for the weapons of our warfare are not carnal, but mighty in God for pulling down strongholds, casting down arguments and every high thing that exalts itself against the knowledge of God. As soon as that greediness starts coming into your heart, attack it with generosity. 
As soon as selfishness begins to come into your heart, attack it with, man, I can't do anything on my own. I've got to have Jesus Christ in my life. Come on, is this speaking to anybody but me today? All all of the guests, please come back next Sunday when I'm going to be a little nicer, okay? (laughs) The next thing is you make the crooked places straight. Jesus said there's two ways. There's a big wide way and there's a straight and a narrow way. There's a wide way, and there's a straight and an arrow. What that means is that a lot of people are going to be on the wide way because you can fit them there. But the path that Jesus Christ has called us to is straight and narrow. I love, I love the fact Chris and I just got a car, and, uh, and it, it's so nice because as long as there's lines on the road, if you start veering off, it scared me to death the first time. If you don't put your blinker on and you go to change lanes, it'll pull you back over. Like, wait, whoa, what was that? You're in front of the lineman. Oh, Jesus. <laughs> Anybody, y'all got one of those? Y'all got that car? They scare you out. It's supposed to protect you, but it'll scare you if you're not careful. That's how it works. With God, there's no question. Well, am I on the right path? Yeah. Is it straight? Is it narrow? You don't need a GPS. It's just straight. It's what it is. And see, what happens on a straight and narrow is that means there's some people that you've been walking alongside with that that's okay in a wide place. But as God begins to call some of you young men and young women to his real work, it's going to get narrower, and you're going to find that some of those people won't make the trip with you. All right? Just hear what I'm saying. Some of you mamas and daddies, it's the same thing. As God begins to make you walk, he says, I want you to make sure that your life is right. Y'all, we got to get sin out of our life. Are we going to mess up? Yes, we're going to mess up. But when it's a cycle of sin that we keep going over and over and over and over and over, can I hear an amen from somebody? Or how about an oh me from some of us? It just keeps on and on and on. That's not the straight and narrow. And God gives us grace, but he also gives us some brains too. Quit texting her if you don't want to mess up. Quit going to their house. Quit opening that website. Quit going to that place. It's straight and it's narrow. I'm talking about integrity. I'm talking about honesty. I'm talking about ethics. I'm talking about character. If we say we do something, let's do it. If we have a mission and we have values, let's live by the mission and the values. Chris and I have been praying lately. We talk about abundant life, but I want to make sure that as a church, we're really seeing that happen. I want to make sure it's not some motto. We're saying abundant life, abundant life. I want to know, is it working in your life? Are, is serving and sharing and giving, is that really bringing abundance in your life? Because if not, let's scrap it and go do something else. Some of us need to re, re, rethink through our values. Rethink through it. Are we people of character? And then lastly, this is how you build the road. You're going to make the rough places smooth. How many of y'all like a smooth road? Oh, yeah, we like that. A, a smooth, the rough place is smooth. And you know what I found is that in all of this, and we'll, we'll read it in just a moment. I'm giving you a little, I'm on, I'm on, uh, it's a spoiler alert. The reason we're building the road is not for us. It's for the folks that don't know how to get there. That's what's happening. And so what God's wanting us to do is remove every barrier and every boundary. We had a lady that came to our church a couple of weeks ago and she said, I was nervous about coming and I, I drove in and I didn't know where it was. There was cars everywhere. I didn't know where I was going to pack and park. And she said, all of a sudden I saw a first time guest. 
She said, oh my goodness. And I, she pulled up there. And I asked her, I said, if that wouldn't have been there, what would you have done? She said, I probably would have left. See, that's what, we want to remove every barrier we can because people are looking for an excuse not to follow Jesus. So that's why we want the coffee to taste great. We want the chairs to be lined up. We want the babies to be taken care of. We want the guitars in tune. You know what I mean? You want the preaching to be good at least three Sundays out of the, out of the month, all right? <laughs> we want to do everything we can because we want to remove every barrier. So he says, what I want you to do, make the rough places smooth. How many have had some potholes in your life? It's time to fill them up. You ever drive down the road and you see traffic just stop, stop for the longest, always on Old Hickory, right? Amen? Yeah. Old Hickory. In the middle of, like from three to five is when they decide they're going to do their work on the road. You drive up and there'll be, there'll be 1,400 people standing around a pothole. Just standing around looking at, right? There's one guy just working on it. He's doing this thing. And then you drive back about two weeks later and what is it? Same pothole right there. Why? Because it didn't take the time to dig down and get to the real root of the problem. You don't want to go to the dentist and him just put a cap over that cavity. You want to, you want to get down. Did y'all like the sound effect more than... Okay. I like it. I hate it when it is it. Why is he doing that? Because he knows or she knows if they put that cap over it, it's going to go deeper and deeper and deeper and it's going to turn into infection. It's going to get into your bone and it's just, you know. I want to encourage you in this next season, do the hard work. Don't cover up the junk in your life. Let's dig down. You know what it is. You have a problem with lying. You got a problem with lust. What is it in your life? Let's not just surf it. I know what it is in my life. Let's make the commitment to dig down and then let God bring in the topsoil. Let God begin to fill it. Because I'm going to tell you what, he doesn't fill it with asphalt. He got streets of gold. You know what I'm saying? So let him fill it with his good stuff. Oh. Lastly, why? Four questions. Huh? Who? How? And why? And it's found in verse 5. And the glory of the Lord will be revealed, and all people will see it together, for the mouth of the Lord has spoken it. The reason that God is asking us to help build a road to the wilderness is because that's where His glory is coming. Now listen to me. Don't miss what I'm about to say. God is wanting to move in the places where we do not expect him to move. We expect it on Sunday. We lift you up, right? We expect that. We expect to feel his presence and we expect that. God wants to move in your school. I'm going to say it again. God wants to move in your school. God wants to move in your work, in your home, in your neighborhood. God wants to move in the music industry. God wants to move in the movie industry. God wants to move among the politicians. Well, that was a loud amen. (laughs) That's where God wants to move. And that's why he's asking you and I to do the hard work. When you got to stand up for things, you got to stand strong and you got to 
get your calluses and your blisters is because that's where God is wanting to move. And so many times, let me help you today, all right? Those of you that are walking through a dry time, let me help you. Those of you that are not, you're going to be in one in about three months. So let me help you, okay? God puts us in the desert because that's where he's going. God puts us in dry times because that's where he wants to show up. And also, that's where he wants to bring his river. We didn't forget about that one, did we? Back to our text. Come on, guys, come up here and play something emotional, okay? Something sweet and soft for my meanness this morning. Back to our text. Isaiah 43 and 19. Now, don't worry about them, guys. They're going to be fine. They know how to get on the stage, okay? They know what keys they're going to play in. They know what songs they're going to play, all right? So focus on what I'm doing right now. This is very important, all right? Don't miss this. Isaiah 43 and 19. Behold, I will do a new thing. It shall spring forth, shall you not know it. I will make a road in the wilderness. We covered that one, right? We got that one. Huh? Who, how, and why? Why? Because he wants everybody to be there. He wants all the earth to see it. He wants us to help build the road to get there. But also, remember, everything new with God is always about roads and rivers, right? He says, I'm going to build a road to the wilderness and rivers in the desert. Everybody say rivers in the desert. Now look at this passage, John chapter 7 and 38. Jesus said, Whoever believes in me, as the scripture said, rivers of living water will flow from within them. And by this, he meant the Holy Spirit. Ladies and gentlemen, the reason God wants you and I to build a road to the wilderness is because the river's in us. And he wants to put us in the driest places. And instead of fussing and probably cussing, Some more than others. He wants us to release what's in us. Instead of all of us getting together and comparing rivers, my river's deep today. How's your river? You feeling good? River, river, river. That's what Sunday morning is. Rivers, 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 rivers flowing out of us. He wants us to go to places that don't know what it feels like to flourish. He wants you to walk into a place And just let the river of God begin to flow out of you. And watch when you do that, trees start springing up, fruit starts springing up. And the places that you hated are going to become the places that you love. Isaiah 35 says this, the wilderness and the wasteland shall be glad. You're going to burst forth in the wilderness and streams in the desert. The parched ground shall become a pool and the thirsty land springs of water. That's the new thing that God wants to do. So let me ask you, what are you doing to help build the road? And secondly, what are you doing to release the river in your life? What are you doing to help build the road to the middle of nowhere? And what are you doing to help release the river? My teenagers, look at me. Don't wait on your parents. You do it. Who are they looking to? Who are the young people looking to? They're looking to you. You do it. Love the ones that nobody loves. 
Care for the ones that no one cares about. Be a testimony, a shining example. Don't wait on mom and daddy to do it. You do it. Start now. Mamas and daddies, don't wait on your kids to do it. Because I'm going to tell you what, if they don't see you doing it, they're probably not going to do it. Right? We want our kids to love the house of God. We want our kids to love the things of God. Guess where they get that taught to them? Us, right here, right now. Loving, caring, sharing. Let me pray for you today.